This is Monty in the Morning, the show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hey, yo, man. We're back. It's Monday, December 6th, 2021. The Monty Show is live. Hello. On your YouTube channel, uh, on your podcast, wherever you get podcasts. And make sure you follow us on social. You can find me, The Monty Show, M-O-N-T-Y, The Monty Show, on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. You can find Jake, SLC Supercars, on all those platforms as well. Just Google search The Monty Show. It makes it all happen. Hey, buddy. Hello. Good to see you again. Thanks. It has been kind of interesting not doing a show, yeah. not waking up at 4.30 in the morning. It hasn't been interesting. It's been nice. It really <laughs> has. Like, it's crazy. And we got to talk about, and in our non-sports topics this morning, we'll talk about this. But I think there we need to have a conversation about the importance of taking your personal time. Because I feel like um, we don't do that nearly enough in this country. Like, I... I I, I don't yeah. know what you think, but no, I mean, it's, it's definitely important. Now I haven't taken the trip and everything. It definitely made a difference because the first day we left yeah. off the plane in Maui, I slept for 10 hours that night. Yeah. Like I essentially got to the resort laid in bed and slept for 10 hours. Yeah. And it, I have not slept like that in, I don't know how long. Yeah. I mean, so. It was kind of crazy. I mean, I was already like three, deep, three drinks deep while you were sleeping. I was so. out. Yeah, yeah. You guys went to dinner. I was like, nod. I've learned when you go to Hawaii, you just need to go to bed. When you get there, if you're, if, if you want to get a bite to eat, okay, cool. It means you're fat. It's all good. Yeah. Um, so naturally you wanted to get a bite to eat. Yeah. But, I'm for real. Yeah. yeah. The point is, that's yeah. right. Yeah. The point is I went to sleep and it was amazing. Okay. It was amazing. Okay. Um, speaking of going to sleep, BYU fans are upset. Uh, I don't know what the transition was awkward and stuff. You, you know. know. Um, but my point is, BYU fans are really, really hot over this lack of a New Year's Six Bowl invite. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that. And we've been talking about this for the better part of four or five months now. And we've told you right out of the gate, hey, everything was good. Everything was good. Oh. Boise State and Baylor happen. Okay, hey, put your foot on the gas and you got a chance. Because to get into a New Year's Six Bowl, you have to impress other human beings. BYU chose not to do that. That's why BYU is not in a New Year's Six Bowl. They were not screwed. BYU did not get robbed. BYU didn't do what they needed to do on the football field. That's why they're not in a New Year's Six Bowl. I think it's pretty straightforward, Jake. I don't know why it's so controversial. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's controversial because BYU fan feels like, you know, hey, we had this great season. We beat Utah. You know, we were, what, 6-0 and in the Pac-12. Like, BYU fan feels like, hey, we did all this great stuff. But at the end of the day, you didn't do great stuff. Like, yeah, you, you have those six wins. But the problem is, as an independent, you have to do more than than a conference champion has to do. I mean, it, it, it's no secret. I, you know, this is this is – this conversation for independence is is you know tired at this point. I mean, you know BYU, you know Notre Dame, any anybody you're looking at as an independent, you have to do more. And and what more would look like is yeah, you can't lose to you know Boise State. You can't have 
a close-ish game by that game's standards with Georgia Southern. I mean, again, I know that they dominated Georgia Southern, but when we're talking about getting into a New Year's Six Bowl, that game was too close. It should have been a 70-point game. There's just no way around that. It, you know, Idaho State should have been a 70-point performance, but you didn't want to do that, you know? The Virginia game was not, you know, yes, you put up a ton of points to win that game, but it's not like they put up 10 points, you know? So to me, it, it would have been nice to be able to say, yeah, we put up 60 points, you know, three weeks in a row, and then, you know, we went on the road and beat, a, beat SC at their place. Like, you know, you could have had a nice story there, but that just did not happen. And so this, to me, was never really a surprise. I mean, did you have a chance? Sure. Were you in the conversation? Sure. But, at, but you know, when it comes down to it, you got to remember, this is literally people sitting at a table, looking at schedules on a TV, looking at the resume, and saying, okay, who's got the most impressive situation or story to tell and BYU does not have that story to tell and that's what I think BYU fan doesn't want to hear and, and I understand it's frustrating but you have to come to grips with the fact that as an independent you have to do more and this frankly I, you know and this is more of a back burner discussion to not getting into a new year right. six but being you know getting into the big 12 that's why this is so important because if you if if and really not if but when you win that conference, there won't be a discussion about New Year's Six Bowl or not. You obviously will be. So the, I just think that BYU fan doesn't really have a leg to be to stand on to be frustrated, but obviously, you know, as you were just saying, they are frustrated. Well, and the hard part for me is this whole discussion about boycotting the Independence Bowl and we got screwed. And the fact of the matter is you agreed to play in the Independence Bowl months and months and months ago. You said hey, this will be our bowl game. You signed a contract. So now all of a sudden, because the outcome didn't you know, finish the way that you wanted, you feel like you shouldn't have to honor your commitments. And this is the problem for BYU fan. And this is the struggle that I think a lot of BYU fans have. You want to rip Utah and talk about how the Pac-12 is trash. Now you're standing on the, we went undefeated in the Pac-12 and we beat Utah we got screwed, so we're not going to honor our commitments. And that just doesn't feel right. How is Utah in me. the Rose Bowl? Yeah, like that. Well, Utah's in the Rose Bowl, very simply, because they did what they had to do on the field. Yeah, well, BYU, you know I mean? fan, like, is, BYU fan is saying, hey, we beat Utah. How come we're not in the Rose Bowl? You know, how come we're not in a major bowl? How come we're not getting that opportunity? And it just doesn't work that way. You have to understand that. I mean, if, if you're it, asking yourself why Utah is in the Rose Bowl and you're not, Again, with all due respect, and I said this a couple of weeks ago talking about this, you just don't understand how the college football playoff committee works. I mean, this is an opinion-based group, as you just said. This is a group of guys and, and gals that get together every week and talk football. And whoever's got the strongest opinion wins. And Gary Barta, the AD at, at Iowa, who's the chairman of the committee, straight up said, hey, BYU would have had to leapfrog Michigan State, and that wasn't going to happen. Yeah, because we didn't respect Michigan State. We put Michigan ahead of Michigan State. Right. Remember that that yes. whole, you know, like you, you look at Alabama right now. How's Alabama the number one team in the college football playoff? Well, they beat Georgia, but but Michigan, but but it's opinion based. They're the number one team. Alabama is the number one team in the college football playoff because the committee said so. 
This is Coach Saban? Yeah, like the committee said so. And you have to understand that what the committee says, it goes. Yep. It is, it is that simple. That's the thing that I think so many people can't understand. BYU fan, you want to say A plus B equals a New Year's Six Bowl. Well, you're forgetting the C, which is everybody else's opinion. And this isn't because you're a Mormon. This isn't because you wanted money. Or they wanted – somebody it said to me yesterday on Twitter, no, the only reason BYU's out is they want to keep the money in the big conferences. So you don't think a million viewers, probably two million viewers on TV, a massive attendance turnout, you don't think that any bowl game would want, wouldn't want BYU. You don't think like a New Year's Six Bowl would love the idea of having a massive TV number for their sponsors, for their title sponsors, their you no, we don't need that. Are you kidding me? Putting BYU into a bowl, a major bowl game, any bowl game, is a big payday for everybody. So that argument just doesn't hold water. I my frustration is, is BYU has had a historic run in football. Mm-hmm. A run like we've never seen, even in the national championship era. We've never seen BYU have a run like this. It is incredible what Kalani and company have done. And you are just crapping all over that. You are just throwing that away, talking about, oh, we're going to boycott the Independence Bowl. That's an embarrassment. Yeah. Do you realize the damage you are doing to the brand? When you as a BYU fan co-sign some idea about, nah, we're not going to live up to our contractual obligation because we don't like it anymore. I mean, it's just to me, it is so, so detrimental. When did when did quitting become the solution to not liking something? This is this is the other thing that I don't get. Like like on that point, like when did we, you know, or we or you know, when did BYU fan or football fan, you know, come to a place where you thought it was okay to say, well, we're just not going to do this because we don't like it. Essentially, quitting on on the season and and everything that you've played for. What what, what is that? about how is that living up to you know what i would say byu you know lives by how is that what you should be doing and 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 i just don't get that and i think that you know these situations always bring me back to the conversations we had on this show probably i I don't know what a, a month ago now probably when when we were talking about idaho state and georgia southern and you know, and, and, and not kicking the hell out of those teams, you know, and, and it really obviously goes back to, to the Boise State game. But but I just think that even if you had lost that game, if you don't change that result and you, you know, you you went out the rest of the way, let's say you found a way to beat, you know, Baylor and you did everything you were supposed to do outside of Boise State. I think we'd be having a different conversation today. Yeah, I agree. And and so I remember all the times when BYU fan was like, "Well, it's not sporting to kick the living hell out of Idaho State," and you know, and and you know, you got to have respect. And it's like, yeah, no, dude, yes. like, like now, yes. now you can't have it both ways. You can't in that moment say, "Well, you got to be nice to Idaho State," but then be pissed off when you don't get into a New Year's Six Bowl. And and this is why I say these are lessons learned or should be lessons learned. If you're a BYU fan and not understanding why you didn't get the results you wanted to get. Yeah, and I would be upset too. If I were a BYU fan, it's frustrating that, you know, BYU didn't handle its business on the field. But don't don't That's be upset with line. the committee. This is I agree with you. Be upset, but be upset for the right reasons. Yes. Too often on Twitter yesterday, I'm seeing people talk about, well, 
well, the committee screwed us and everybody hates BYU and, you know, just having like little brother syndrome as we talk about on the show all the time, right? That, that it's not, this has nothing to do with, with, you know, the committee hating you or, or some bias against BYU. This, as always, has to do with what you did on the field. And that is, I feel like, the true common theme amongst all the teams in college football. It's what you did on the field in your situation. So, like, you brought up Alabama being the number one team in the college football playoff. They're there because they beat Georgia in an impressive fashion. Frankly, they dominated Georgia. They doubled them up, right? Yes. They, they, they showed out. BYU did not handle their business on the field. And so I just – I don't know, man. I think if you're a BYU fan, it's petty to be to be hating on Utah this morning. I think it's petty to be hating on the committee. I think if you should be hating on anybody or questioning anybody, it's, you know, the program. What what are we doing? Why, why you know, why was Jaron playing against Boise State? Why did we do things in certain moments through this season that put us in this position? That's the question you should be asking, in my opinion. Yeah, and I, I think we had this conversation repeatedly during the year of, you know, like, why why did Jaron play against Boise State? We talked about this. We told yeah. you he had multiple injuries, and he was not prepared to play in that game, and you played him anyway. And I think it I think it cost you. I think that that the Baylor loss, you got beat by a team that was better than you. Baylor, The Baylor Bears were a better football team than you, right? But – you still had everything in front of you. This is what I was saying to Utah fans after they lost the San Diego state game and I'm not going to games and I'm selling my tickets and well, what's going to happen when you, you run through the PAC 12 and go back and look on my, my Twitter timeline. I was telling people, Hey, Utah's got every chance to do what needs to be done. Even after the Oregon state loss, it was painfully obvious that Utah was in the driver's seat for the Rose bowl. And then when you beat Oregon and then you beat Oregon again to seal it, like you just have to handle it on the field. Yeah. Which by the way, congratulations you know, like, to Utah fan. Can we just say that real quick too? Yeah. Like, like I think hell of a season. Um, no doubt. Uh, people are talking about the fact that both Baylor and Utah have gone to bowl games after quitter quarterback left both of those programs, <laughs> which I think really, you know, really does matter. Exactly. I think it's definitely worth pointing that out. Uh, and, and I think no matter um, what Kyle Whittingham's future is in the program, I think this is by far – I mean, I haven't been covering Utah football for, you know, a long time, right? Like, I'm probably only a couple years in at this point. But, but in my time that I've seen him covering the program, this is by far the best coaching job he's ever executed. I mean, this is – to me, this is better than 2019 now. Um, to, to beat Oregon two times in a row, like, you, you just – I just think it's worth saying – uh, hell of a season, you know, here's to winning the Rose Bowl. If you do, I, I think they deserve all the credit. Yeah, I think that this is easily one of the best seasons that Kyle Winningham's ever had. You know, and, and I think, interestingly enough, I think the adversity and everything that, that Utah went through this year defined this season, made this season possible. Because it kept Utah on such a razor's edge the entire year. The the Aaron Lowe story, you know, obviously, it, it, it Ty Jordan into Aaron Lowe. The, the, it just, you can't replicate that kind of emotion. You can't create that, fabricate it, manufacture it. 
the the realness of it kept the Utah Utes on that razor's edge. And they played like it. They played like they had a point to prove. And I think they proved that point loud and clear. This is a tale of two different teams. Um, Seriously. You know, you know like yeah. once the quitter quarterback was gone, yep. Cam Rising took over, the team rallied around him, the Aaron Lowe situation, um, how Witt and his staff kept this team playing football and kept them focused and used that for fuel. I mean, it's the stuff of legends, man. It is – it really is unbelievable. Mm-hmm what Utah has been through. I mean, and the season could have been over at the BYU loss. I mean, let's be honest about it. I mean, your season could have ended right I agree. There. I absolutely agree. I think when BYU lost to Utah, it would have been easily to, just easy to slide down the hill. Kyle Whittingham's going to retire. Everything's new. Okay, we get that. That's not what happened. You turned it around and have had the most successful season in the history of Utah Utes football. Yeah. It is. It's unbelievable. To be winning the Pac-12 championship finally – to be going to the Rose Bowl finally, um, Utah is not. You know, even in the BCS era, you you haven't you haven't felt this way. Even during the BCS runs and being the original BCS buster, you haven't felt this way before. Yeah, I felt like when they beat Oregon that first time, just the way you beat them, dominant fashion. I mean, the again, if you watch that game, the the call to. To, to call the timeout right before the half, to force Oregon to kick the football again, to get it to Britton Covey, yeah. to have him run it. Like, it just – all those little decisions matter, man. And I, and I think it's – you know, I, obviously it goes without saying that, you know, all's for not if you don't win the Rose Bowl, right? But but this has been a hell of a season. And I, and I just think that it, it just goes to show you, like, like football is, is different than any other sport out there, man. I mean, you know, uh, basketball, it's even different than basketball. I just feel like – you know, Kyle Whittingham it, will forever be a name at, at Utah, and, and he deserves that. Yeah, I, I don't think there's any doubt that he's earned his spot in the history of, of college football in the state, even before, yeah. you know, this season kicked off. I mean, yeah, it's hard to argue that Kyle Whittingham is, you know, one of the best coaches, maybe the best coach to ever do it in the state, you know, but I just am really happy for, for everybody associated with that Utah program. I mean – what they've been through, nobody should ever feel that pain. I mean, nobody should ever feel the turmoil. Yeah. Um, I mean, you had, you had two players die in less than a year. Your quarterback quit on you. I mean, it, it's just – it's incredible. Yeah. That they've been able to persevere through injuries, that they've been able to persevere through tragedy. I mean, the the rumors surrounding Kyle Whittingham, like, it, you had every reason to fold and you never did. Mm -hmm. It's incredible. And – you know what the 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 other thing that I think is <coughs> excuse me so just so remarkable about this year is this is this might be the best season in the history of football in this state when you look at you know obviously Utah winning the Pac-12 going to the Rose Bowl um, Utah State um, winning the Mountain West Championship you know so congratulations on. Uh, being a triple-A football team that, you know, no, I'm not going to do it. Congratulations on winning the Mountain West Championship. Okay. so that's how it's going to be. Yeah, that is how it's going to be. Look, it's nothing against the Aggie tears. I just am not a Mountain West fan. And I had all the people on Twitter, I, you guys at least going to mention Utah State? Yeah. They won the Mountain East, uh, West. I mean, that's, some, that's it's an accomplishment. My word. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> hey. 
Just like Alabama won the SEC oh. championship, Utah State won the Mountain West championship. Okay. Um, anyway, Y'all feel me? Yeah. You feel, I mean, you know, <laughs> I hate the Mountain West. Oh, my God, dude. I, I hate the Mountain West. Okay, okay. And right. the, BYU leaving the Mountain West. Yeah. And for all these years, Utah fans and everybody else is like, hey, man. Uh, you guys got to take the blue Kool-Aid and sip it into the Mountain West, man. Just, uh, you know, go back. You got to go back. <laughs> Little brother down there. You know, team down south. Yeah. Uh, decade of dominance. Yeah. Got to go back. Yeah. No. There is no going back. Because what BYU's done as an independent, um, you know, on the precipice of of getting into a New Year's Six Bowl, um, what's amazing to me is what's amazing to me. And I'm intentionally not reading Barry, <laughs> it, it, BYU Barry, <laughs> you didn't know Barry. BYU Barry Uh oh. routinely DMs me and was going on about how after the Boise game, any hope of a new year six was gone. Uh-huh. And we've been saying on this show for weeks, hey, it's not over. It's not over. Uh-huh. Hey, man, just handle your business. You know, like trounce Idaho State. You didn't. Uh, you know, go down to Georgia Southern and prove a point. You didn't. Go to USC, win the game. You did. Well, you know what? You had four out of five weeks where you didn't handle your business. It's that simple. And now you're upset that you're not in a New Year's Six. And you agreed you were done, and now all of a sudden you don't get a new New Year's Six. And it's, oh, we're victims. They hate the Mormons. <laughs> oh, man, they hate the Mormons. You knew it. You knew it was going to happen. They are going to snatch it from check us. check yourself. Yeah, they hate us. And it's like, hey, man, you're the reason you didn't get in. You, you didn't handle your business on the football field. But Barry's going on, uh, you know, this morning about how I all along I've been a Utah fan and I just hate <laughs> BYU. Uh, and we're, we're probably doing something right on this show yeah. when a Utah fan is like, you're a BYU fan. Yeah. And BYU fans are like, you're a Utah fan. You're pandering. <laughs> you're pandering to Utah because they're in the Rose Bowl now. To what do I owe this pleasure? You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, I'm just telling you, if, if you're going to roll in the comments this morning – and be a victim as a BYU fan. You're probably not gonna. You're probably not gonna have a very good morning. Hey, you know, because you are not a victim this morning. You are not. Let's see. Um, who had the first comment of the day? Tanner Plummer. Okay. Morning, boys. Reliable. Welcome back. Thank you, Tanner. John Jackson missed you guys. Appreciate that. James Knight, welcome back, guys. Hope you had a great break. Tanner Plummer, think about it. The reason why BYU was 15th in the first college football playoff ranking was mainly because they put up 66 against Virginia. That 66 matters. Style points absolutely matter. I agree with that. Um, John Jackson, BYU had a chance to prove something and passed it up. I absolutely agree with that. Yeah. Roy Wall, good morning, gents. Good morning, Roy. Good to see you. Uh, BYU fan CJ says, actually, Tanner, a conference championship matters per Barta which is news because Notre Dame didn't win a championship, a conference, but got in. Which is news because Notre Dame didn't win a conference, but is in. Because Notre Dame has been essentially called, you know, like one of the historic teams in football. And back to the BCS, and when the college football playoff was announced, Notre Dame was, was, was conference or not, anointed a team – that's eligible for the college football playoff. Yeah. 
And by the way, Notre Dame handled their business on the field. I mean, if you look at Notre Dame's schedule and if you look at Notre Dame's result, and this is the point, like, see, already, already, when I look at when I look at people and I say, hey, they're 11 and one, Notre Dame's a mediocre football team. But what did Notre Dame do? Notre Dame put up 55 against Georgia Tech, 45 against Stanford, 28 to three against Virginia. See, but right. See, that's a great example. 28 to three. Against Virginia, what's the difference between BYU? What did, I don't remember what Virginia did against BYU. I think they had like thirty, or forty-five, 40 something, yeah, like forty something. I mean, it like that's a different result for Notre Dame than it is for BYU. So I, I think that that matters. What I'm telling you is BYU and Notre Dame are both independent. The difference is Notre Dame's got history on its side, and Notre Dame steamrolled people to end the season because they were trying to prove a point. They were trying to prove a point. And the point is, hey, we belong here. The point's not sportsmanship. Got to be nice. Appreciate you guys playing us. Oh, you punched me in the face. We're going to take a knee. Like, that's not how you make a, you prove a point. You prove a point in the box score because that's what people are going to look at when they're trying to decide who the 12 teams on New Year's Day is going to be. Yeah. So you can sit here and blame Notre Dame now, and I'm just going to tell you that's you're, you're, you don't get it. You don't understand sitting here with all due respect, CJ, if you if you, if your point is that, you know, hey, why is Notre Dame in? You don't understand. You don't know how the college football playoff works. You don't understand how college football it's works. It's an opinion. <laughs> like And and they have anointed Notre Dame as a, a national power. They've essentially written it down. Yeah. <laughs> that Notre Dame doesn't need to be in a conference to get in. They're not. Remember when it was, well, everybody, if you're going to get in, you've got to play, you know, P5 teams. Notre Dame was was earmarked as a P5 team. BYU was not. Yeah. I, I mean, this is not new. Yeah. How are you, how are you railing? Uh, whatever. I know. Um, Tanner says BYU to CJ. He says, well, it's a good thing BYU is going to be in the Big 12 in 2023. Agreed. There you go. Agreed. Um, Greg, Greg Hawkins says, welcome back, fellas. Go Utes. Go Hawks. Go Hawks. Uh, <laughs> Leonard Avalos says, is Whittingham going to retire? I don't think he is. I don't think he is. He's given no indication he's going to retire. I mean, he's been out recruiting now. You know, like yeah, he, mean, he's given no indication he's going to retire. Will he? May he retire? Sure. And I also, sure. I don't know, man, like. I could see how people would be like, well, this would be a nice season to retire on because, like, you you know, this is one of the, his best jobs ever. Like, you know, this would, this would be a good point for him. But but I don't know, man. Like, you, you get over this yeah. adversity, and now you start to feel like, man, like, this is like, okay, what can we do when we don't go through this adversity? What can we do with a normal season? So, I, I don't know. I'd kind of be surprised. I'd be surprised if he retired, too. I hope he doesn't. Uh, Greg Hawkins says, BYU needed to win against Boise State. They couldn't get it done. That's on them. Such is the price of independence. Yeah. I, I'm telling you, you know, just in, you know, really talking to people, understanding how this college football playoff works. And Heather Dinich, who I, who works at ESPN and is one of the leading college football voices in this country when it comes to rankings, college football playoff. I've learned so much from her and I'm I, I, 
everybody that I've spoken to about this says it's an opinion-based thing. There's no there's no formula for how you get in. There's no benchmark. There's no, hey, if you do this, you're in. That's not how it works. The, and this is, I will just again ask you, if you're a disgruntled BYU fan this morning, why is Alabama number one? Why isn't Cincinnati number one? Uh, explain it. If it's all about wins and losses, it's not. Why isn't Cincinnati number one? Yeah. Well, because nobody thinks they're the best team in college football. And Alabama went and beat the crap out of an undefeated Georgia team in the SEC championship game, which is why Alabama's number one. This is Coach Saban. Like, he is. I'm telling you now. Stud. And I, I tweeted this, and a bunch of people replied about, you know, how I'm just over the moon on, on Nick Saban. The guy's the greatest coach to ever coach football. Yeah. And if there's ever been a coach who's done it better than Nick Saban, I don't know who that would be. I, I mean, the guy is unbelievable. You don't have to like Nick Saban. He's earned your respect. Yeah. And you, you, my God, what they have done. Yeah. I it's it's amazing. It's me. a, I mean, it's an impressive win. I mean, uh, you know this this Al, this version of Alabama has not been as good as prior versions of Alabama. How do you explain that their defense has been average all year? Yeah. Rolled into the last month of the season and then rolled into the SEC championship game and they won with defense. They they beat Georgia with defense. Yes. How is that possible? I, I don't know. Oh, because they're really well coached. Yeah, I mean, I mean, and, and, I mean it just is – getting better working on the little things like it's I know it sounds like coach talk but that's how that's how you go from being a mediocre defense this year to coming out and you know in the in the highest most important moment of your season getting it done that that's how that happens yeah <laughs> I don't know Nick Saban's a god like who's yeah. the best fo I mean I who's a better coach than Nick Saban I mean everyone's gonna go to Bill Belichick for sure I mean, yeah. Okay. I, I I would disagree. I think Nick Saban is far more accomplished than Bill Belichick. Um, I think it's much more difficult to win consistently at the highest level as Nick Saban has. In college football. In college football. Yeah. I mean, especially now with the rate of attrition, kids going pro, yeah. uh, you know, this NIL stuff. Like, I mean, it. you're dealing with teenagers – and you're counting on them to win you championships. Yeah, I mean, I, I would put Saban over Belichick because I think Belichick had a lot of consistency in in his time, you know, with Brady, obviously, and, and how they had that team built. But, but I I don't know, man. That, that's a that's a tough one. That's 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 like you know the MJ or LeBron yeah. conversation. That's yeah. you know, I mean, they're both just ridiculous. Uh, Greg Hawkins says Notre Dame lost only one game this year to Cincinnati, and that's the other thing. Notre Dame's loss was to Cincinnati. Yeah. Right. They have 11 uh, NCs. They absolutely belong in the top 10. I would agree. Clinton Griffith, good morning to you. BYU did not look good against USC with their third and fourth string players. The committee had to see that question, BYU's ability to be competitive in a New Year's Six game. I don't know. I, I don't think the USC style points were a problem. You didn't look good against Georgia Southern. You didn't look good against Idaho State. You I took your foot off the gas at halftime against Idaho State. And they're not watching the here's the thing. How many times can I explain this? 
Nine out of 10 people on that committee, and I would I would say damn near the entire committee, how many of them watched Georgia, Georgia Southern versus BYU? None. How many had ESPN Plus? How many watched George or watched Idaho State versus BYU? None. Yeah. yeah. So what are they doing? They're looking at the, the 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 list of games for BYU, and they're like, "Oh, two losses, and this is what we said, and everybody said we were idiots, and you don't know what you're talking about, and style points don't matter." Would BYU have been better off scoring sixty points three games in a row? Yeah. I can make an argument if they had done that. They they have a far better chance of getting in. It's about your story, man. It's about what you look like on paper, not not you know what you actually look like on the field for certain teams. And BYU is one of those teams. It just that's just how it is for them. You know, they lost two in a row. What was their schedule? Boise loss, Baylor loss, Washington State on the road win, right? Which is a which is a, a big deal. That's a good win. Then you come home, and then I think it's Virginia. You put 66 on Virginia. And then, I mean, you, you played well against Idaho State, 59-14. to 14. I mean, that's, that's a good win. 59 is different than 60. Oh, it's one point. Are you kidding me? One point won't keep them out of the college football, uh, you know, New Year's Six Bowls. Okay, well, then it was 34-17 against Georgia Southern. What if that was 64-17 and 64 to, you know, 64 to 40, you know, 66-49, 64 to 14 and 64 to 17. And then you go to USC and you win 35-31. My guess is you're, you're real close to being in. It's going to be tough to make an argument that BYU doesn't belong in there. Well, they scored 60 points three times, and this is the Hall of Fame comparison I always make, right? How do guys get into the Hall of Fame? Buck O'Neill finally got into the Hall of Fame yesterday after like 80 years because you have one guy who's going to advocate for Buck O'Neill, who in this case is BYU to the playoff committee. <laughs> and there, you're going to have one person, two people that are going to sit there and debate it. Well, you know, BYU did score 60 points three games in a row. Uh, you know, they ended the season on a five-game winning streak, including USC and, and Washington State. That Washington State game was on the road. And they scored 60 points against Bronco Mendenhall in, in Virginia. And some say that they ended Bronco Mendenhall's tenure at Virginia. And then, look, they went and dismantled the, the two, you know, trap games. And then they finished at, at in L.A., and they're injured with all these injuries. They still beat USC. I'm, I, yeah, I'm going to vote for. I'm going to put them in. That's how this thing works, man. Yeah. Ask yeah. Michigan State. Yeah. Right. Ask Georgia. If you're Georgia, are you are you not pissed that you're not you're not like? Are you kidding? Like, what are we even talking about? Yeah, man. What are we even talking about? Like, it's opinion. It's conjecture. They had a chance. Patrick Beercroft said the Ducks should never have been rated so high in the polls. Maybe not, but they were. They Why? were. Absolutely. Why? They yeah. beat Ohio State at the shoe. Georgia Southern was a good point. I agree. Alex T says San Diego is a good point. <laughs> okay. Okay. Hey, where's Eric C? Is he too embarrassed to show his face after Utah State kicked the crap out of his Aztecs? Where is A.A. Ron right now? Yeah, where's Eric C? 
<laughs> Eric, we waiting on you. Eric, where you at, bro? You know what I'm saying? Shout the Mobamba. Where you at? Do you guys watch? Wait, wait. What did I just? Did I hear what I just? Did I hear you read what I just thought I heard you read? Do you guys watch football? It's ludic. Oh, a ludicrous bomb! Wow, it's ludicrous to think BYU was ever getting in, even if they went undefeated. Well, that's just one of those comments where you drop it to stir the pot. Yeah, you know, Larry Pilgrim says that that possible and should have lost at USC hurt BYU. Along with the loss to Boise and Utah becoming so much better in the end, had BYU right where they should be. Wazoo as well. Uh, okay. I don't understand what you mean. I think Utah getting, you know, the the winning the conference championship for the Pac-12 only helped BYU. Yeah. I mean, there, there's no question about that. Um, the issue is, to me, Arizona State was – Arizona State was a crushing, crushing win. I mean, you needed – you know Arizona was going to be shit all year. Like, they were never going to be good. Yeah. Never going to be good. So you needed Washington State. You needed Arizona State. You needed Utah. You needed SC. And I think some of it is is that your strength of schedule at the end of the day wasn't as good as it could have been because the Pac-12 was down this year. And this, again, goes back to my original point. That if you're going to, you know, oh, the Pac-12 sucks. Don't stand on the mountain of we were undefeated against the Pac-12. Yeah. You know, there's a little there's a little bit of both there. So, I don't know. I, I think the whole, the whole college football playoff argument is very good for college football. Yeah, I mean, this is, this is why it's so successful. Yes. But I, I think it's I, – I still maintain, you know, what, what I said, you know, whenever that was we talked about a month ago or whatever it was that – that I, I I I do wish that there was a better uh, a better more clear system a, a better a better way to say to the teams like BYU, you know, hey, this is what you have to do. But at the end of the yeah. day, I guess we're sitting here talking about that we knew what they had to do, which was, you know, we knew that they had to be, you know, what, what would it would have been uh, what eleven and one or whatever, you know, that yeah, they needed, they needed to, to be Baylor or Boise. Yeah, I mean, you needed to be. You needed to be double-digit victories, one loss, you know, that that kind of situation to to be there. Yeah. Uh, what do you say to Cincinnati this morning? I mean, nice season. <laughs> I mean, you're 13-0 and 0 and you got to play Alabama. Yeah, I mean, I look forward to you getting eliminated. That's what that's what I say. By I, the way, Mechie, uh, Mechie's probably done for the year with yeah. a knee injury. Yeah. It's a big loss. He's, I think he had 96 catches for Alabama this year. Yeah, man. Um, that's a big loss. But, I, I mean, it's – it just it the system is what it is. Yeah. Very clearly, you need more than four. Very clearly, um, you know. And I I guess BYU going into a conference, you know, going into the Big Twelve, that'll answer a lot of these questions. But well, I mean, I just think it makes it, it makes their path much easier and clearer and and more straightforward. I mean, easier is probably not the word because you never know. I mean, you know, you're you're gonna have to run through. Baylor and, and these other teams, I guess. But I, I, I think that it, it just it just is a clear, hey, win your conference, you're in. Like, that's it, you know? Now it comes down to can you win your conference. But, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know, man. I think the – I don't I, – like, the big, is the Big 12 a guaranteed college football playoff spot? It's not. I mean, you're – I mean, your conference champion gets into a New Year's Six game. Yeah. But, well, for BYU, you know, that's where you're at. Let's not let's not make any let's not beat around the bush here. You're not a college football playoff team right now. You're trying to get to New Year's Six status right now. 
Yeah. But if you look at Baylor, Baylor's going to the Sugar Bowl. Yep. You know, I mean, that's not a bad place to be. By the way, am I the only one? We should talk about coaching changes. What in the hell is Mario Cristobal doing? Like, am I the only one that was shocked by that? Did you, guys hear, did you guys yeah. hear about this? Mario Cristobal is leaving Oregon. He's leaving Phil Knight University to go to the University of Miami. Not Ohio. The Hurricanes. Bet you weren't expecting this one. I mean, that's a little sus. Um, like, why would you be leaving Phil Knight University, Nike U? Why would you be leaving Nike U to go to Miami? The paint splatter uniforms weren't good enough? Apparently not. I mean... I don't know, dude. I, I'm with you. I mean, I don't know... Their uniforms are trash. I mean, I... I Come on. Yeah, I, I I have to say I was a little surprised. I mean, I, I, I feel like Oregon's a better job than Miami. You know? Like, I think... Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I, I, I have to think he probably got paid. Maybe he wanted a new start. Maybe he wanted to work in Florida where there's no income tax. Who the hell knows? Well, and that's where he's from. So, I mean, there is something about going home, but... I mean, if you look at Brian Kelly, the LSU, <laughs> good luck with that. To what do I owe this pleasure? Brian Kelly. Nice accent, bud. Yeah. How about Brian Kelly introducing himself at an LSU basketball game in front of a full house with a fake Southern accent? That's Brian Kelly. The guy's a fraud. Notre Dame's an average team. And I, as a diehard Notre Dame fan, get the f out. Like, let me yeah. hold the door. Can I carry your bags to the plane? Please. I'll even pack your office. Get out. Yeah, man. Like, it's a good day for Notre Dame, right? And yeah. you know what? You start looking at, you start looking at, hey, what did I tell you about the USC job? Lincoln Riley left Oklahoma. Yeah. Yeah. To go take the USC they, job. You, you nailed it. They got their boy. They got him. USC is a power job. It's a job that everybody wanted. I'm telling you, Lincoln Riley's a home run for them. USC is back. He was recruiting the next day. He was recruiting. And he was flipping commits from Oakland, Oklahoma <laughs> to USC. That's the best part of the whole thing. Watching the commits be like, man, it was such an honor to, to be in this program. I love you guys, but I'm going to have to go ahead and decommit. Uh, yeah, and then uh, five minutes later, oh, my God, I'm so excited to be a Trojan. Fight on, Boomer Sooner, right? Like, like, I mean, it's amazing to me some of the decisions that were made. I don't know what ultimately is going to – like the Oregon job, you would think, like, is Oregon a good job? Yeah. I guess. It has access to the college football playoff. Well, but, yeah, it's a, so Washington State's a good job? Hell no. Yeah, but they, they're not – come on. Come on, dude. But, no, I'm not – I'm being come serious. On, Everybody in the Pac-12 has access. Yeah, but that's not – you know damn well what I mean. You, you're – Washington State doesn't have the same access that Oregon has. Oregon's a brand. Oregon has has history now, you know, as far as the college football playoff goes. You know, like, you're, you're, uh, Oregon is a good job. Is it the best job? No, it's not the best job, but it's a good job. Yeah. You know, I, I think. I'll take Oregon over UCLA. I can tell you that. I'll take Oregon over, I, I mean, I don't think I don't think you can say you take Oregon over Utah. Certainly, I think those are very close, but I, I don't know. I where does it stack up? I, I mean, is it better than, you know, is Oregon better than Clemson right now, in terms of job status? 
Yeah, I don't know. Um, That's a tough Oregon, question. I, you know what? I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think, I think Oregon's a good job only because of the money, the NIL stuff. Like Oregon's a good job. Like Kalen DeBoer taking the job at Washington. I think that's a huge gamble. I, I think that's a huge gamble. I think USC is in the driver's seat in this conference for a long time to come. And I hope so. I mean, the conference needs it. You know, I, I, if you're a Utah fan, you should probably be terrified, frankly. But um, I, I, how great would it be to see, you know, the SC logo in the college football playoff? That would be really good for college football. Really good. I think it would be really good for the Pac-12. Yeah. I mean, I, now, I, having said that, I hate USC. I'm a Notre Dame fan. I don't want USC to win another game. But yeah, I mean, that's going to be a lot of ass kickings for Notre Dame, let's I, be honest. I'm a realist. Yeah. Lincoln Riley's a stud. Yeah. Lincoln Riley is a stud. And if Lincoln Riley, I would not be surprised if they were a top 10 team this coming season. I would not it. be surprised if they won the South this coming a year from now. Cause, cause didn't Lincoln Riley, Lincoln Riley put out Baker. He also put out Kyler, Kyler Murray. Murray. Um, and they've been a pretty dominant team. And so I, you yeah. look at where USC is right now, you know, you have Jackson Dart. He's going to be the guy. And he's going to get developed under Lincoln Riley. I mean, you're 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 talking about him then going out and recruiting weapons for Jackson Dart. I mean, you, that's going to be a good team. Uh, the question is going to be how good are, are are we talking about just conference champions? Are we talking about getting all the way to the college football playoff? Like we're going to have to see what that program turns into. But yeah, I mean, if you're a Utah fan, frankly, if you're even a BYU fan, you should be terrified. I mean, I, you know, obviously, I don't know. Uh, the schedule off the top of my head next year, but you should be terrified, no doubt. I the thing like I the, and this is the issue with Oregon that I look at. Uh huh. You're being disrespected by Mario Cristobal right now. Yeah. I yeah. mean, to for me, Miami, like I I, I kind of Miami, like that's a slap in the face. But he but he's not making a decision. Mario Cristobal's taking his sweet ass time, crushing any opportunity that Oregon has to win recruiting. Oh, by the way, USC just hired Lincoln Riley. Good luck. Yeah. So not only are you not out actively recruiting Mario Cristobal for Oregon, Lincoln Riley's out recruiting all of the players you're probably recruiting. And so is Kyle Whittingham. You know, like, I mean, it, it is it is not a it is not a good thing. And there's a lot of people who think that Phil Knight is, you know, the founder and CEO of Nike, is really upset with Oregon and Mario Cristobal, and he is whether Mario takes the Miami job or not, which most people say he has already, but if he hasn't taken that and he wants to stay at Oregon, that's probably not going to happen now. Yeah. So I just think this has been a crazy season of coaching changes and it'll be interesting to see how all this lines out. I really hope that Kyle Whittingham doesn't leave Utah Yeah. because Utah needs wit right now. We'll see. I mean, they we absolutely need him. Um, You know, it, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, no, Tanner, I won't be doing a Southern accent. Um, Jeremy Bolton says, well, 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 good morning and welcome back. Yep. Thanks, Jeremy. Alex T says weather, LOL. I don't know what happened. I don't know. Uh, I'm a BYU fan. We didn't get screwed. Independence is just a crappy way to go into college football. It sucks that UTSA didn't want to play BYU though. Well, there you go. The Nye guy, why bring this up? Why? <laughs> The Nye guy says Andy Dalton threw four picks in his sleep last night. Thank okay. You. So that's how it's going to be. Thank you. Thank you. Y'all want to play. Thank you. 
Greg Hawkins says Miami has five national titles. Oregon has zero. Miami is also a superior location. I kind of get it. Um, Miami is not relevant in college athletics. Yeah. They're they're relevant in baseball. They're not relevant in football or basketball. They're Facts. Not. They're not. They're not. Cam Harrison says USC is literally the Pac-12. Glad you guys are back. Shout out to Mo Bamba. Hey, there you go, bro. Mo Bamba. Shout out to Mo Bamba. Uh, Greg Hawkins says Brian Kelly's accent was so cringe. Dude is from Boston, and he was like, my family. <laughs> <laughs> it was, That was embarrassing. Uh, that, that was embarrassing. Dude. Um, the Bears are terrible. The bear, they, yeah, uh, they're awful. They need to fire. They need to fire everybody. Like, and they won't. George McCaskey, who is currently the bag of bones overseeing the Chicago Bears. <laughs> this prick said yesterday that the loss was a step in the right direction and that Matt Nagy's doing a great job. Bro. No, Are I, you I'm, out of your goddamn mind? I'm not kidding. He, that's, I mean, that's what the <laughs> motherfucker. Bro, what? You, what do you wait, wait? So you've lost five of the last six, and that's a step in the right direction. Are you serious? We're moving in the right direction. We love Matt Nagy. This is George McCaskey, essentially the owner of the Bears. We love Matt Nagy and think he's an elite coach in this league. Losing by 11 points to a team like the Cardinals is a step in the right direction. Some shit happened. Fuck all the way off, George <laughs> McCaskey. All the way off. All the way off. Like, I, I, I don't know. Did you see that? Like, I tweeted that the. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I'd be upset too. <laughs> it's so frustrating. I would give Jake's left nut for the Bears to win a championship. Yeah. I would. And your nuts are safe because they're not winning a championship anytime soon. My word. Yeah, I'm just telling you now. Matt Nagy is a terrible head coach. We're just a – here's the best part. Losing by 11 points to a team like the Cardinals is a step in the right direction. I can't even say this with a straight face. We're just a few pieces away from being a Super Bowl winner. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, guy. Come on. Oh, what? Dude. I mean, how much meth does he do out of a Pepsi? I honestly don't know. Seriously. I I, I don't know. Like, I don't know, like, what he's looking at, but I mean. Hello? You're not even close, dude. What are you talking about, man? What are you think I am? I mean, what what do you you take Bears fans for, idiots? Like, are you serious? Are you like Joe Burrow being upset? He was throwing interceptions yesterday. That's my guy. Spinal. You understand? Yeah, like he's all jacked up. You yeah. understand? Like he keeps. Okay, you know, like he, there's all kind. Matthew Stafford taking a helmet to the chest, bruised ribs, touchdown. I. That's my guy. Yeah. You're not a few pieces away from a Super Bowl. You no, you're not. You're a liar. You're a liar. Enjoy the horse track. Like you're a liar. You're you're an. You're, you are fake. You're a liar. Okay, I feel better. <sighs> I don't feel that's a lie. I don't feel better. Dude. It's so frustrating. We're a couple pieces away from winning the Super Bowl? Are you high? Come I, on. Anyway. No, I'm not doing it. I'm not, no, I'm not. But like New England and Buffalo tonight. 
They're a couple of pieces away from winning a Super Bowl. Great Monday night football game. <laughs> By the way, did you see Detroit won a game? They, they beat they your did. guy, Kirk Cousins. Yeah, my guy. Your guy. My guy, Jared Goff, won a game. Yeah, Jared Goff did win a game. Yeah. I'm sure Tanner's excited they beat the Jets. Neat. Philadelphia. Ooh, Philly special. Yeah, okay. Anyway, I'll stop. Okay. That dude must be inhaling some out-of-code Chicago dogs. Yeah. Probably. My guy, probably. Crack, ice, boom, pow. You know. I don't know what he's looking at. I, I don't either because I, I just don't understand it. Yeah, it's I, it's I awful. Don't I mean, it's the worst place you can be as a football team. Our sound went out? What do you mean our sound went out? Anyone else lose sound, Jeremy Bolton says. Anthony McCoy points up. John Jackson says, can't hear you. Bro, Greg Hawkins says, it's back. Tanner says, we can hear now. Bro, but, what, what? What? I. Guess what? Today, Monday, motherfucker. Yeah, I don't know how. I. <laughs> what? Anyway. Sorry about that. Nagy's going to be with the Bears for life. Yeah, thanks. We appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, really. Thanks. Thank you. Good morning, fellas. Can we talk about Utah State and that awesome win over the weekend? Justin Salas says. So you better check yourself. Bro. Chill out with Utah State. Come on. Come on. Guy, it's the mountain. It's Utah East. State. We've been over this. Aggie tears. They won the conference. Cool, bro. Neat. I think, honest to God, isn't Utah State playing in the Jimmy Kimmel Bowl? The bowl game's called the Jimmy Kimmel Bowl. I'm for real. <laughs> the, gi the Jimmy. Y'all want to play. Jimmy Kimmel Bowl. Is that a joke or, what? you know, like, come on. Nope. Provo Fit Barbecue says, uh, good morning, guys. No sympathy for BYU. Had they handled their business against Boise, BYU would be in a different conversation. Facts. As for my Raiders, I'm crying. God, what is wrong with the Raiders? I... Why bring this up, Provo Pit? I was having such an average show. I want better fucking execution. Yeah, where's John Gruden right now? Are we clear on that? One, they lost 17-15. The Raiders lost to the Washington football team. Used to be the women abusers in Washington right. that played professional football. Right. Dan yeah. Snyder's a dirtbag. Uh -huh. yeah. um, but is it no, it, you took two losses to the Redskins or the Washington football team this year because one, they got your coach fired and two, then they beat you 17, 15. <laughs> nice. That nice a, game, bud. It's a hell of a game. Um, ben Roethlisberger's fat. He's going to retire. About time. You know, by the way, your boy Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. He sucks. Yeah. Like he's not good. No, he's not. I I've been saying Jimmy G's not legit for a while, dude. <laughs> Mrs. Monty and I are watching the game. She's my wife is a huge 49er fan. We're watching the game after she almost fell off the ladder putting up Christmas lights yesterday. Yeah. Um anyway, the point is honey. honey the Go point is, Yeah, the point is um she's like he's not good. I'm like I know. He sucks. <laughs> He's not good at all. He's not good at all. No. They're terrible. Yeah. I mean, they're never going to be what they should be until they get a quarterback. It's just it's just that simple. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Chris Karn says the Bears missing piece is J-I-M-M-E-R. Hey. Is he available to play like every position on the offensive line? <laughs> you know. It is what it is. I'm a lifetime Cardinal fan with no Super Bowl, and I feel bad for Bears fans. Thank you. It's terrible, dude. I mean, it is. The rough. Cardinals are actually very good, though. Even with all their injuries. Yeah. You know, like, I, 
Cliffy is not a bad coach. How about Oklahoma wanting Cliff Kingsbury but didn't get him? Yeah, I they wouldn't. Got, I wouldn't leave the NFL for Oklahoma. Will Venables is actually a really good hire for Oklahoma. Um, but I would, if you're Cliff Kingsbury, you didn't want to talk to Oklahoma. No, not when you're on the precipice of. No, you're finally. You've been building this thing for three seasons now, or whatever it is. I mean, you've been getting better each season. You know, you're. I mean, this. There's. There's no doubt. I mean, this team expects to go to the Super Bowl. That's just what they expect now. So. You know, yeah. I, and and I think if you're Cliff Kingsbury, this is your first true run. Yeah, Cliffy, Cliffster. Uh, you know, this is your first run in the NFL, and you want to make the most of it. And that guy's life is amazing. By the yeah. way, for those of you who don't know, Cliff Kingsbury is single. He's girlfriended. He has got so like, it is a single or girlfriended. Yes, um, he's got like a pound me pad in I'm Scottsdale. Yeah, he is. He's got a pound me pad in Scottsdale. He's good looking. Yeah, I'd hit that. Go hard. Um, and he is a gazillionaire. He's a head coach in the NFL. Tell me that guy hasn't like my God. Yeah, dude. I'd yes. have it lined up around the block. Like yeah. I'd have chicks lined up on Camelback Mountain. Like, hey babe, come on, I'm ready for you. <laughs> right. I like if I'm Cliff Kingsbury, ooh. Edgar Garcia says, Good morning, my boys. Hello. What's up? Good to see you, Edgar. Uh, Jeremy Bolton says Rogers needs to go to the Niners. Where is a Aaron right now? Dealing with COVID toe. Um, I, yeah. Yeah, I've been immunized. Yeah, sure you have. <laughs> sure you have. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, so what you're saying, Monty, is Jake has competition. Yeah, I mean, all of a sudden, Jake has a huge dating update for us. Oh, is it that time in the show already? Is it? Are we there already? Sure. Okay. We're an hour in. I mean, we can give a, a dating update. Yeah. Um. So, we went on a date last night. Uh, it was fun. Uh, went for a drive. Um. Yeah, went on a date. It was fun. Yeah. That's I, the update. The I, whole thing. I, you just. I wasn't even finished yet. That's I it. mean, at least let me like you know get the through whole the thing. whole thing. Yeah. You know. That's it. Okay. All right. We held, we held hands. Yeah. I'm thrilled. Yeah. <laughs> You know, no, I mean, we, we went on the drive, had a nice time. We, we got our first kisses out of the way. Hey, like things were good, man. Things were good. We're making hey, progress. Blood flow. Yeah. We're making progress. Okay. So are you girlfriended now? We're not girlfriended yet. Um, but it's heading that direction. I would say, I would say probably, I don't know, a couple more dates, I would think. So like another six months. No. Well, you guys only go out like once every six weeks. That's not true. It's not it's not her fault. I went to Hawaii. So you gave her a gift. Yeah, I, I got her a gift in Hawaii. I got her this little rock lava bracelet thing. It and was she a, liked it. You got it was a diamond emerald. No, it was tennis not. Bracelet. No, it was not. It was not. Okay, cubic zirconia. No, it was same not. thing. <laughs> so it you, was not. So dude. you give her the tennis bracelet. It wasn't a tennis bracelet. Stop. <laughs> what do you mean? It was a it was a lava rock bracelet. So you guys meet for the first time, and you give her a, a lava rock tennis bracelet. Okay, why do you keep saying tennis bracelet? Because it sounds more effluent um, okay. and, and stuff. Okay, So right. you give her a gift from Hawaii. Yeah, she really liked it. She thought it was nice. She was about it. Okay. <laughs> what do you want me to say? She That's liked it? the gift. Yes, the she thing. liked the gift. She thought it was thoughtful. She thought it was a good gift because it was okay. her birthday. Is she a teacher? No, she's not a teacher. Okay, no. Chris Carn. No, she's no, not she's a in, teacher. No, she's in. She's an operations manager at a PTSD clinic. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, not reading that. Uh, anyway, the point is. Yeah. The point is. Yeah. So, 
how much did you guys talk in Hawaii? Because this is what date number two with this or three. three, three date three. Yeah. How much did you talk with this girl in Hawaii? A decent bit. Yeah, a de- lot. Not a lot. A decent bit. John Jackson says K I S S I N G. Yeah. Go hogs. Yeah, yeah. baby. Yeah. Um, you know. So you guys had your makeout sesh. You talked. We didn't in- make out. We kissed twice. We didn't make out. Big difference. Drive. We get to the end of the drive. Got out. Gave her a hug. And we kissed twice. What? Here we go. You guys ready? Here comes Uncle Monty going to tell me I messed it up. Little buddy. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. What's your favorite country, country in Europe? I'm not answering that question. <laughs> I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. No. No. Nope. Mine's French. No. Come on. Are you kidding me? I'm not. What? You can't even call it a makeout session. No, we didn't make out. God, do you have any game? Yes, I do. Like you're 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 in such a hurry, cause you ain't getting any younger. Like you're in such a hurry. You ain't getting any it younger. It takes time. We're going okay. to Van Gogh this weekend. The Van Gogh Experience downtown. When did you become an art guy? I've been an art guy, dude. Just haven't had the money. I okay. So you bought yourself art in Hawaii. Yeah. Well, you were gawking at all the hot chicks in the pool. Yes. Two little art pieces. They're I think they're cool. Okay. They're little canvas pieces. So how long is it going to be before you and this girl? Two, three more dates, I would think. Before and it's like official, official. Okay, so what does that mean, official, official? Like, what do you like guys? Like boyfriend, girlfriend. Are you guys seeing other people? Uh, not currently, no. How do you know? Have you talked about it? Uh, we haven't talked about it specifically, but she's talked about how she doesn't have time to date multiple people. I don't have time to date multiple people. Like, you know. Yeah. Provo Pit Barbecue says Jake brought her back a lay from the plane as a gift. (laughs) Hey, you know. Right? Yeah. You know? So, I mean, it's going good. Like, you just can't rush these things. It takes time. And you're going to sit here and tell me I'm an idiot and I don't have any game and I know. Am I wrong? Yes. Okay. All right. So, she is girlfriend material. Absolutely. 100%. 100%. So, you're thinking... Date number 10 or 11. No, I'm thinking five or six. So is this like a will you go to homecoming thing with me? Will you be like, will you say to her, hey, I'm, hey, little buddy. Uh, I was thinking we could be boyfriend and girlfriend. I really don't care if you think it's us. I, I don't know. Maybe. Okay. Mm-hmm. Come on, Jake. We've cleared out. Uh, we've cleared out. Take that thing to the hotel, <laughs> to the hole. Come on, Jake. We've cleared out. Take that thing to the hole. Okay. James Knight. Yeah. James um, Knight also is the one who said you should be getting hookers, but I don't know if I'd be taking dating advice from James. <laughs> you, know. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, look, I, I again, I'm, I'm not rushing it. Um, we're we're just doing our thing, man. So you're not going to see anybody else? Not at this moment, no. Okay. Therapist Monty, the date doctor. Yeah. Says John Jackson. Yeah. Ah, uh, Trevor, your comment got barred. He essentially wants to know why I'm cross-examining you on this date. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Uh, and he's he basically his question was, uh, why are you cross examining him? They tried to smash, but another word, which is why he got filtered. I see. Yeah. Have you tried to? No, not smash? yet. Not yet. No, we're not there yet. It's not. Okay. We're not there yet. Okay. Now, now guy says in all seriousness, I'm with Jake. Take it slow here. Uh, Chris Carn says, sounds like Jake is ready to fly the W in the third inning. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I'm taking my time. Last night was really nice, man. We we met up at a coffee place. I don't drink coffee, so I got hot chocolate, which admittedly was really good. I hadn't had hot chocolate in a long time. Okay. Got hot chocolate, 
Then we went for a drive, um, which was really nice. And then uh, we came back, you know, and, and that was it. It was good. You can't rush these things, Jeremy Bolton says. Oh, God. I mean, look, it took Caruso years to suck. Bro, he is better than anybody on the Jazz except no, for hey, Don. Hey, Buckets O'Neal. Buckets O'Neal. Come on. Where was Buckets O'Neal last night when it was 109-108? Come on. Yeah, that was a little Don't get me started on the Jazz right now. Please. No, we don't have Please, time. don't. Dating by generation. Yeah, we need a Barry White drop. I agree with that. Do you know who Barry no. White is? No. He doesn't know who Barry White is. I don't is. know who Barry White is, dude. And you wonder why you're a virgin. Um, <laughs> I know. No, I'm not making an old person joke. I'm not. Jake got hot chocolate as a coffee place and didn't make out, but I have faith in him. She's a good kisser. How would you know you didn't make out? We. What do you mean? How would I know? But we didn't make out. Just because you don't make out doesn't mean you can't kiss somebody. Okay, no. If if if, if you ain't, dude, it's not like that. You guys are wrong on this, dude. You are wrong on this. God, you are wrong. God, I need an audience. <laughs> yeah, you Please. have an audience, clearly. No, he clearly is ignoring me. We've got the me. whole gallery here. I prayed for you. <laughs> it clearly has not worked <laughs> at all. <laughs> you keep dating teachers. I'm not we, dating a teacher, bro. And I, you're like, oh, yeah, we kissed. Oh, so you guys had a make-out sesh. That's amazing. No, we didn't. We just kissed. We didn't make out. Making out is different than having a couple, like, you know, what, two good kisses. That's different. Okay, what's a good kiss? I don't like. I don't know. How do you define a good kiss? I it's don't fucking more know. Than a I peck. wasn't there. More than a peck. It was a. It was a. Okay, did you guys go to France? No. Okay. So you just mushed your faces together. Yeah, that's what we did. We just mushed our faces together. You know. Yeah, I mean that's that's what it was. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. Anyway, the point is, well, yeah. I'm happy for you. No, you're not. No. I, well, I am. What do you mean? No, I'm not. Yes, Y'all I want to play. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm happy for you. Okay. Yeah. I am. Okay. I, you know, you're you're one step closer to losing your virginity. My word. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, Greg Hawkins. I kiss my mom. I make out with girls. Did you kiss her on the lips? Yes. <laughs> Multiple times. I don't know. Making out to me is like an extended <laughs> portion. Yes, Justin. Jake kissed her the way Tom Brady kisses his son. Y'all want to play? Okay. 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 So that's how it's going to be. That's fucked up. It may be, but he ain't wrong. He ain't wrong. Mrs. Monty needs to be in the conversation. She's not. So um, don't even think about messing with me. Fat Jesus says demonstrate on your heart. No. Nope. 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 Not happening. Not happening. Not happening. <laughs> oh my god. I'm like look, man, we all here just trying to help you. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. I know. Thanks guys. We're waiting really for our appreciate boy it. to become a man. Really really appreciate it. Yep. Really appreciate it. Anyway. All right, before we talk Hawaii, let's talk about generational dating. Uh-huh. Yeah. And the difference between men dating and women dating. Uh-huh. Sure. Because I think there is a huge difference for women. There's like a stigma. Like okay. if we, I'm sure women sit around and have these conversations, I wouldn't know. But why is it so taboo for women to talk about dating the way guys talk about dating? Okay, meaning what? Meaning that, you know, like if we were sitting here as women talking, well, and you are, but anyway, the point is. Yeah, next question. Yeah, if we were sitting here talking <laughs> about like dating, like, oh man, I'm I'm dating like three different dudes and 
You know, like if, if I really don't care if you think it's sus. But women would be totally that would be sus for a woman. That would be judgmental for a woman. Right. Yeah. No, I, I think it's judgmental. Uh, it comes off as judgmental for like, you know, older women. I, I see younger women talking about it all the time. You do. Yeah. People my age all the time. Okay. Yeah. All the time. Jake, until you're borrowing mom's makeup to cover up the hickeys, Monty is not going to give you credit. Oh, I mean, if I show up to a hickey on the show, y'all better be proud. I mean, that's, you know, that's what it is. We're with you. Chris Karn says, my wife is getting pissed because I'm laughing so hard laying here in bed. Great segment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, I just think it's funny. We were talking about dating in Hawaii. <laughs> And there was a conversation about the double standard. Of yeah, I mean, I definitely think it's, you know, it's, it's, I think, you know, for a lot of women, it's uncouth to be like, oh, well, you know, I'm, you know, dating multiple people. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 uncouth. Yeah. OK, sure. But, you know, I, I think that's how dating has been for decades at this point. I mean, it's always been a thing yeah. where, you know, it's some medal of honor to as a dude to be like, oh, yeah, like I'm you know hooking up with like four people at a time and like and i've never really been that way but i know that there are a lot of dudes who are like that you know and i just think it's i think it just depends on your outlook i don't think there's anything wrong for women to be like hey yeah like i'm you know i'm dating multiple people and you know that's what it is yeah. i don't think there's anything wrong with that but you know that's why you don't ask women yeah i mean i don't want to know what number you are i don't want to know man you know uh greg hawkins says james is right girls talk Monty or James says, Monty, are you kidding? They talk, man. I, I bet they do. You know, um, fat Jesus says, if your pants got tighter, it was a makeout session. They didn't get tighter. And, and that references. <laughs> Come on. Go Hawks. Yeah, baby. Let's do this. Yeah, we're keeping it. You got to understand. We're keeping it classy. We're taking it slow. We're taking our time. Like things are fine. Okay. There's no need to rush it. Like things are in a great place. We're both happy. She said she was really happy last night. Like I'm not going to. I'm not going to force the issue physically until it's, you know, until it's time. I'm not. Speaking of forcing the issue physically, let's talk about Hawaii. Yeah. Hawaii. Um, so Hawaii was amazing, right? Yeah. Awesome trip. It was. We spent a lot of time in the pool. Um, I never thought I was going to be like a hangout in the pool all day guy, but man, I'm about it. My wife says the exact same thing. And I was, I was, I mean, you want to talk about dialing in the, the correct amount of, you know, sunscreen to not burn, but to get tan. Perfect. Perfect execution. Yeah, it was fun. It was awesome. My wife turned into a bartender. We bought like, uh, you know, some mango Svedka vodka. Yeah. Poured it in with some orange juice. It was delightful. Phenomenal. Uh, had so many good meals. Um, hung out in the pool. Jake was grading chicks like. There were tan lines to be I had. I mean, what are you supposed to do at a pool? Are you supposed to – am I supposed to just hang out with my eyes closed? Well, I, I mean, I don't have eyes for other women because right. I'm married. I mean, right. so I right. only look at my wife. Right. You know, Mrs. Monty. Uh -huh. Right. You know. Right. Um, but anyway, the point is Hawaii was really good. And the thing I want to talk about with Hawaii is I'll go back to what I started the show talking about. The first night we were in Hawaii, day one off the plane. Right. Ten hours of sleep. Like yeah. I laid down in my bed. At the Westin, the Ocean Villa Resort, mm -hmm. and slept for 10 hours. Until one of us passes the fuck oh, out. Oh, and I did. It was amazing. <laughs> you guys went to dinner, had a few drinks, came back, went to bed. Yeah. I never went to dinner, didn't have any drinks, just slept. The next night, I slept for 10 more hours. Like, it's amazing when you don't, because one of the great things about working at Yelp is you don't have work responsibilities outside of work. Yeah. Like when you're done working, it doesn't go home with you're, you. You're done. 
Yeah. So I was not checking email like I would none of that. Yeah. Done. Yes. And so you're not thinking about it. You're not nothing. And I have not slept that well in over a year. I it's mean, kind of amazing. It was awesome. And granted, the last two nights we had to shift to an Airbnb that had no air conditioning and we had a queen bed instead of a king. And like, OK, it was fine, though. I still slept like seven hours. Yeah, it was fine. It I mean, fine. It, it is amazing how much better your sleep is when you are checked out. And I'm telling you, I think there is a there is a reluctance in this country to take our, our personal time away, our vacation time. You got to do it because it'll change your life. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, uh, it just is. It is. PTO is is massive. And I think it's I think it's easier to take PTO when you're on a salaried position and you're in that salary is, you know, doing well for you. I think it's harder when you're in a performance based position because you're basically trading time off for money. You know, I mean, yeah, you're getting paid for that time off, but it's it, it it's nowhere yeah, near what you're going to get paid. Nobody's working. working for a base salary. Yeah, you know what I mean. So you it's know. like you know, you just have to understand that when you're in a performance based situation, that that's different than, you know, making whatever you make on just a salaried nine to five typical situation. But yeah, I mean, I think it's I feel completely refreshed. I feel good to go, and, and I'm really excited. Me too. I, I love this time of year because you know, like right now, as it currently is situated, you know, I'm working this week. And I could take the next three weeks off. I'll probably work next week, you know, just because, you know, it's probably what's going to happen. But but that's the nice thing about this time of year. You get, you know, we get 10 days in Maui. Then we come back, you know, we get a week to two weeks of work. And then we're off for another two weeks for the holidays. So it's just a nice. That's why I said before we went on the Maui trip, I was like, man, I love this time of year because it's just relaxing. It's, you know, yeah. it's it just it, it's been a long year. Like, I just love this time of year. Justin Salas says, I work for a UK-based company, and it's crazy the amount of time people take off. It's definitely a cultural thing. No doubt about it. Well, like how much time – I'm glad he said that. How much time are people taking off, in your experience, over it's, there? It's it's weeks at a time. Like, I know it's way more, but my, like my, – My wife works for a massive company. Yeah. And it's a pleasant surprise. Like her boss was like, yeah, you know, find some time to take take off. You know, the company is going to pay you. We just want you to be relaxed. Check out. Take some time off at the end of the year. Like, I think it's changing culturally because the way people do business, what we're finding out is yeah, the way people do business, people are more productive when they take more time off. Yeah. And Yelp is looking at a four-day work week. Man, there's, I would love that so much. There's a lot of companies looking at four-day work weeks. And I think it's just something where we can't be scared or insecure so we don't take our time off. Yeah, see, this. so this is the conundrum, right? Like, with this next stint of time off time. Like, so then with what you just said in mind, you know, why wouldn't you take the third week? Well, I'm like, well, you know, I could, but three weeks is a long time. But we're know? incentivized to work because if I'm not working, I'm giving away, I'm probably giving yeah. away seven to $10,000 a month. Yeah. I, it's a lot of money. Um. And I would, yeah, 30 to 40 days a year, it, Justin said. People are taking off 30 yeah, I mean, to 40 days a year. That's at least 20 more days than I take off. Yeah. I mean, it is, and it's significant. And it's, I think it's really important. And I, I think I, I feel great today. Yeah. I am not tired today. I am not yawning today. Yeah. I am not struggling today. Yeah, man. I will say the 430 alarm one off like a lightning bolt. Yeah, but I didn't feel, but it, there's, you can feel the difference. You know, yes. like when you're, when you're, uh, 
getting up at four thirty isn't easy any way you slice it. It just it's just not. Like it it's never gonna be it just is what it is. But you know, there's a difference like do you have to drag yourself out of bed or can you easily wake up? Like is your body desperate for more sleep or not? Like you can feel those things. So I just you know, I just think it it just it is what it is, as they say, you know, like we as Americans overwork ourselves. There's no question. Yeah, it, it's been nice being off for two full weeks and then I'll work two weeks and I'll be off for the next two weeks. Um, it's really nice. I like it. You know, it is remarkable. Greg Hawkins says, even when I was hourly, I always took as much time off as I wanted. The money uh, to me meant way less than the quality of life. Always did my job better, too. Yeah, I, I'll be interested to see how I do the next two weeks. Yeah, I mean... And, and that's the thing, too. It's just a hard balance because you never want to not make money, you know. But at the same time, I, I think time off is, you know, yeah. there is a huge, huge part of me that's like, hey, take three weeks off, snowboard your ass off for three weeks and just like, you know, just have a party with it. You know, yeah. there's a big part of me who's who wants that. Justin Salas says we have unlimited PTO. They have unlimited mental health days as well. I told my manager I was having a tough day. They just let me take the remainder of the day off. Very similar to what happens at Yelp. Yeah. Um, we do not have unlimited PTO, but any PTO you request is granted. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Edgar Garcia says, where do I apply? Yelp sounds great. Yelp is great. It is phenomenal. If you're willing to compete every day. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think it is. I think the way we work in this country is changing. You know, like the unemployment stuff, the, the numbers of people that are unemployed you're seeing is different now because people have access to better pay and better jobs and they're not taking menial jobs. They're going, they're going for a better way of life. And I think, I think the way we hire and fire people are, you know, it's changing. It's really changing. Um, Greg Hawkins says, wow, Justin sounds like I got to move to the UK for sure. Yeah. Chelsea football club. Seriously. The night guy says the bears are one day away, one day off away from winning a Super Bowl. Exactly. Okay. So that's how it's going to be. Yeah, why, why are you going to say stuff like that, bro? Like why we, poke we, the bear? we already went through the, the, the miserable Bears conversation on this show, and then you got to bring it up again. Justin says it's a UK-based company. I don't even live in the UK. I live in Austin. It's, it's phenomenal, dude. Remote work environment, friends. I'm telling you, work from home is where it's at. Is what it is. What are the best? What is the best moment in Hawaii? If I said the one moment. Fishing. Fishing was a lot of fun. We didn't really catch anything, but it was a lot of fun. Yeah, they don't call it catching. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the fishing boats were fun. We were on the same boat with Joe Rogan. Not with him, but the same boat he went on the day before. I have to say, Roos Chris was phenomenal. Like, yeah. very impressed. Like, probably three times, two times better than the one here in Salt Lake. Like, that much better. The, the Roos Chris in Maui is known as the best one in the country. It is. Yeah. They lived up to it. I mean, the the yeah. It lived up to it. It was phenomenal. Really good. Um, I thought it was the best meal we had. Yeah. Uh, Mama's Fish House. If you don't know what that is, you should figure it out. Man, if you go to if you go to if if you go to Mama's, just get the you know the mahi. That's all you got to do. Yeah, you uh, don't like sushi. No, I had sushi in Maui. I, I don't hate it. I just don't love it. Again, like I said while we were there, I literally said while they you know. Mrs. Monty, Monty, and uh, Grammy were eating their sushi. I was like, you'll never catch me here eating alone. I'll never go to sushi on my own. I just won't. It's not my style. I don't know. They had a uh, they had a tuna arugula panko crusted roll that was. I mean, awesome. it's good. It's, eh. 
It's good, you but I'm not, it's, it's cool. I mean, it's good, but I'm not like, man, that was to die for. I, I need to have that man. again. I love sushi. And then at leaving, I felt I felt so weird leaving too. I felt like, man, I just I, like I'm. I, I feel like I haven't eaten anything and I'm full. Like if it was the strangest thing. Like I felt like I'd had an appetizer and I was done. Yeah. Which By was the way, how did, how did you enjoy first class on Delta? Uh good. It was really good. Um, I think going home was more worth it than going there. I think going home, I was exhausted and didn't really sleep on the plane home that much. Like I slept a little bit, but I just was in and out. And you and, so on the overnight flight, we took the red eye. Yeah, the red eye. You I mean, didn't I, sleep I slept on that flight. I, I'm not going to say I didn't sleep at all, but it wasn't like oh, plane took off, I fell asleep, and then woke up, and the flight was over. It wasn't like that for me, bro. I got on the plane in Maui. Yeah, we took off. I fell asleep. I woke up when they dinged. Like when we had probably 30 minutes left on the flight. Yeah, I mean, it's quick going home. That's So that's the thing you got to understand about flying to Hawaii. Going to Hawaii takes a lot longer than coming home from Hawaii because of the winds. Because of the jet stream. Yeah, yeah. so, you know, it's – I don't know, man. I just have never been the pass out, get into deep sleep on a plane guy. And then from – I flew in, I flew from Maui to Phoenix. Yeah. Slept most of the way. Yeah. Phoenix to Salt Lake, slept about half that flight. And then Saturday night – was brutal like trying to stay awake to go to bed oh dude saturday. saturday the sleep on saturday night was glorious i went to bed at oh. 10 15 and didn't wake up till eight o'clock yeah, i'm not was I, awesome. like i had well actually that's not true i did wake up me and uh early morning p guy had a little conversation and then i went right back to bed till yeah. eight o'clock <laughs> it was phenomenal it was awesome i mean absolutely La- last thing really quick um couch sleeping i slept on the couch the whole time in maui absolutely loved it it was amazing that's so weird to me it was wait until we're going back. Um, we're going back in. We'll, I think we'll spend two weeks in Hawaii this year. This coming year. Yeah. The resort we're staying at. Forget it. Like it's it's a It's one of the newest best resorts in Maui. Yeah. Forget it. Yeah. You're sleeping on a bed on that. trip. And that trip I am. Yeah. But yeah. And she's going with me and we're going to French kiss. Well, if, yeah. <laughs> Yes, you did. Yes, you did. I mean, you're the same guy who's talking to me about not getting shut out on the trip. Come on. Come on. You're you're the guy that's talking to me about having to turn the TV on so you guys can go all covert on it. Come on, guy. Come on. And then you want to give me crap about not making out last night. Yeah. It is what it is, man. <laughs> Come on, dude. I'm happy for you. Yeah, okay. I'm ha- sure. I'm not a I'm not a couch sleeper. Well, no, of course not. I'm a California King weighted blanket sleeper. Yeah. With a body pillow. By the way, if you're not using a body pillow, you're not living. Body- you better name it Marge, apparently. My body pillow is named. My wife named it. My body pillow's name is Marge. Okay. Fine. Play the music. Okay. Uh, hey, appreciate you guys being here. Thanks for coming back. Always appreciate you uh, listening to the show, watching the show. Uh, yes, we are still giving away this Xbox when we get to 3,000 subscribers. Hit subscribe. Give us a thumbs up. Give us a subscribe. Then take a picture of your subscribe, tag us on social, and we'll enter you to win this thing. Um, eventually, we'll give it away. At some point. You know. And stuff. Uh, follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, The Monty Show. M-O-N-T-Y, The Monty Show. Jake is SLC Supercars. Until tomorrow, say goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake. Goodbye, Jake.